This is the Only Human podcast from Community Radio 4 Z out of Brisbane, Australia. Queensland Shelter is an incorporated association, so we're a separate entity to government. We're a non-government organisation, but we also um, deliver contracts and projects on behalf of the department that respond to the needs of community housing providers and homelessness services to to support them with policies, projects, uh, you know, products, services, training and other workforce capacity building activities um, that help that sector do the best job possible. So we have a really important relationship with government but we are a separate entity to government. Tuesday uh, just past Queensland Government, having worked with the sector to understand the needs and issues of homeless people and social housing tenants has put together this package of funding, uh, which is $24.7 million, to enable the sector to respond to the needs of people who are homeless and people who live in social housing. It includes a number of really flexible elements which allow the sector to identify uh, challenges and problems and bring forward proposals for how they might be solved. And, and this funding package is intended to provide um, a set of opportunities for those conversations to be enabled and for resources to flow to help organisations as they address those needs. Look, you know, it's an exciting package because it recognises that that this is quite a substantial challenge and that we need a few things in our toolkit to address the needs that may emerge. So in our sector, we talk about brokerage, which is really a flexible source of funding where a household might come forward or you might outreach to a homeless person on the streets and they need a very particular response and a particular type of accommodation. Say they need to isolate or say they just need to be somewhere where they will be safe. We can use those funds to purchase accommodation uh, for a period of time that enables them to be safe uh, and that allows us to do that flexibly. That, that will, I think, in this context, not only involve available social housing, it will also, and crisis accommodation and hostels and things, I think it will also need to involve the private rental market, as it does at any other time. We, we rely very heavily on the private rental market as well to find solutions that um, meet the needs of the, the volume of people that, that exist. Um, so flexible brokerage is a very powerful tool uh, for helping people to find a very specific solution to a specific challenge and it's it's intended to be flexible, very accountable but also very flexible in terms of how it gets applied so that you can really find the right solution for a person based on their very unique needs and circumstances. We know that um, part of the government's focus for the package of resources is to think about how to work in a very quick and effective way to help people who are, you know, um, rough sleeping to find alternative arrangements so that they are safe. Uh, and that will be, uh, that will require a lot of creativity, I think. So it will require community housing providers and the private rental market to work together to examine and identify available stock that can be deployed to this purpose um, and there may also be other people that don't usually come to the attention of homelessness services in Queensland but through insecure work or perhaps loss of employment in the context of COVID-19 
may also need to find a quick solution to their housing needs, which have changed because their income has changed. There are services working at the moment to outreach to homeless people and to help facilitate their access to better accommodation. Uh, it's, it's a challenging process. Services are needing to adapt to that role and uh, there are some services that already do a lot of street outreach. So finding a way to do that effectively and efficiently, but in the context of an infectious disease. So they have the challenge as well of making sure their workforce is safe. It, it's going to require a concerted effort for the next little while to reach people, talk to people and find the right solution for them. Um, but we know that it will require a partnership um, involving private housing uh, options and, and social housing options. And we're also starting to see other types of, you know, stakeholders and, and people with other types of buildings come forward to say perhaps what we have could be adapted. So you're starting to see a community response to the challenge of finding enough housing supply and accommodation supply in this current context. I think that will be one of the really positive things we reflect back on when the history of this time is written that people are really trying to think about solutions and they're trying to think about the part that they can play in those solutions. This is um, a national data collection system that receives data from all of the homelessness services in Australia. It showed all of the different Queensland clients aged 15 and over by their main source of income who presented to homelessness services. So um, 28 or nearly 29,000 uh, clients presented in the 2017-2018 year and the overwhelming majority of those were on um, a pension or a benefit. A very, very small percentage had income as an employee. I think only 5.6% of those people had income as an employee. The majority were on New Start Allowance, a parenting payment or disability support pension um, and then youth allowance and a smaller proportion again on um, the aged pension. Look at the last census there was 21,000 homeless people in Queensland uh, and that includes people who are rough sleeping, people who are living in uh, circumstances where they're couch surfing, perhaps overcrowding other dwellings. Um, it includes people living in other kinds of improvised dwellings or the kinds of dwellings where they perhaps don't enjoy the same legal protection uh, as people who have a, a, a lease uh, through the Residential Tenancies Act. So um, it encompasses a range of levels of homelessness, but it's um, you know reflective of the kinds of struggles that people have if they are not um, housed well um, with the security of tenure. I think the issues for homeless people are much more about price points and uh, one of the things that excludes them from the market is just the sheer cost of rent anywhere and what that looks like against a low fixed income um, because people are on benefits. Mm. And we, we do know that there are challenges to overcome in terms of discrimination in our community so I won't say that it doesn't exist but... Um, you know, what we know in the context of COVID-19 is that uh, all, all we've really heard, um, you know, a great, we've heard a great deal of, of examples of, of people starting to think about how they can play their part in the solution and not be part of the problem. So, you know, I think uh, it's a chance for us to rewrite um, how all of the different parts of the housing market work together when we're faced with a really common um, challenge.
We're actually going to need all sorts of different responses and solutions on the accommodation front. Cost will always be an issue and anything that keeps costs low is great because we want it to be, we want every dollar to count the most it, it possibly can. Uh, and efficiency is important, but um, so is safety. So the idea about this package of funding is to enable those kinds of purchases to be made so that people are safe. Facing the scale of the issue that we are, um, my sense is that uh, different types of uh, businesses are really trying to adapt themselves to the new environment. And if it has a good economic outcome for them, I think that's wonderful. A convergence with the needs and interests of of much more vulnerable people in the community. And um, in, some, in some ways it's like facing all of the challenges that a community faces in wartime where there is a new, a common challenge, a new common threat. And we, I think we're seeing people pull together and try and be creative about what what they've got, what they do all day, every day, and how they might adapt that to this new set of circumstances. I expect there'll be an amazing number of wonderful stories unfolding about what people have proven themselves capable of, of doing and, and innovating. This is the Only Human podcast from Community Radio 4 Z out of Brisbane, Australia. Let's have a think, working from the north, so there's Cairns, Townsville, Mackay, and Sunshine Coast and Moreton, uh, Brisbane, uh, the Gold Coast and Logan, as well as uh, Redlands. Well, in each of those locations, there's a number of organisations working to address the needs of people who need a place to live and who might also need some support uh, to deal with other wellbeing issues in their lives. And so this particular initiative in those locations is helping those organisations come together more effectively. And that might sound... Uh, counterproductive in the context of COVID-19, but but we're using technology to make sure that they can continue to meet and have really useful conversations with each other about how to work effectively to address the needs of homeless people in their region. So the Queensland government, uh, quite uh, a bit before the uh, emerging issue with COVID-19, has been working with our sector to improve service integration and those locations have been identified for a particular overlay of resources to help the agencies working on the ground integrate their service delivery better. So um, Q Shelter is playing a backbone role to support those regions with tools, resources um, and evidence-based approaches to improve service integration. You can imagine like sometimes homeless people and people living in social housing tenancies will have multiple needs and they may not be solved by a single organisation. It might require a number of organisations to be working hand in hand very closely and effectively to ensure that the things that that person needs are, are wrapped around them in a way that means there are no gaps and or that the person doesn't have their needs met and sometimes even become vulnerable to homelessness again. So those initiatives are unfolding in Queensland at the moment. Um, there is a great initiative and Shelter is really proud to be a part of it. Those locations reflect high population areas that... Um, you know, where there's a lot of pressure in the private rental market as well, quite often. And so um, 
the resources and the tools and the backbone support that we're providing will be available throughout the state. In those particular locations, there will also be a regional uh, worker who helps the organisations come together and really wrap an integrated approach uh, and plan around people whose needs are, are very complex. The Department of Housing has got a suite of products that help people get access to the private rental market, including bond loans. So putting into scope the capacity to facilitate those effectively and be, be effective in establishing new tenancies uh, is very important. So it's important that we look at the entire offering of the Department of Housing in partnership with the sector so that we can, in a sense, um, make a recipe for a particular set of circumstances which might involve a handful of um, elements woven together tightly enough that it makes optimal difference in the, in the best possible ways to people who need assistance. And the, the package also includes the scope for increased outreach services uh, which is very important at the moment because we need to find people, we need to talk to them and we need to be able to do that in a shorter period of time than we perhaps ordinarily are able to. So Home Assist Secure has been a program that has um, provided um, older people and people with a disability with in-home support uh, to make mo home modifications that enable them to remain in their own homes. So my understanding, and I'm, I don't have so much of the detail on that particular initiative, but my understanding is that the, the scope of that service will be modified to assist um, services um, and households in other ways. Um, I think the department's also um, looking at establishing increased capacity for cleaning specialist cleaning services so that services can offer safe accommodation. Um, and I know that the government's also helping um, the sector by looking at how to procure all of the personal protective equipment that um, people need to be interfacing with homeless people and social housing tenants so that the tenants and the, and the clients are safe and so that the workforce stays safe as well. So this package is a very comprehensive and um, holistic package of assistance. Yeah, so Dignity First has been a program for a number of years in Queensland. It's, it's the Queensland Government um, through Minister uh, Mick DeBrenny, uh, an initiative to enable um, some responsive and flexible projects and activities that respond to, um, you know, the unmet needs of homeless people in terms of their dignity. So that, those, uh, that particular grant has delivered a whole range of different projects uh, projects, it's, it's enabled more street outreach, it's enabled people to access um, personal hygiene, um, you know, showers, uh, clothing, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, food security responses. Uh, it's been a very flexible and innovative grassroots driven uh, response that's enabled a, a number, a, a good number of organisations now to, to do things um, through their services that um, promote the dignity of homeless people. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, in the context of COVID-19, I think this represents the government saying, let's be flexible about that now. The opportunities that we have through Dignity First can be adapted and modified to the current environment uh, to provide as much um, targeted assistance as possible in the context that people are facing this additional risk. 
Look, I think it's a really important issue to raise. The, um, you know, the reduction in available food services is a is a critical issue, and you know how those services help people. It's it's in a variety of different ways. So if you can source your food cheaply or at no cost, then you often find people are able to put more of their available money into rent and sustaining uh, a suitable housing option. So it's not it's it's getting food and that's a really important outcome but but it's also enabling people to prioritize other bills like housing and utilities so it's a very very important response but as you can understand it's it's often in the hands of volunteers um some food distribution is done entirely by volunteers and then there is also some really important um organizations um that uh, have been very structured and and centralised in their approach, like Food Bank and Oz Harvest and Second Bite, these these organisations play an amazing role. And you know, I know they're putting their um, shoulders to the wheel about food security in this current environment. But we are discussing all the time with government and with our member organisations the challenge of any withdrawal of services, how we monitor that and how we adapt and offset that through other offerings so that food security remains in place during the COVID-19 situation. And it will require doing things a little differently. So we don't want people to congregate in large groups to receive food, for example, because that might become a source of transmission. So what support and guidance can we offer organisations who are perhaps still trying to distribute food but to do that more safely and with 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 a greater level of, of care driven by health department advice about how you can do that. So it, it has raised a, a great deal of complexity but I know there are people working constantly to to work through the issues and sustain a, a level of food security for people. You know, um, as much as we face so many restrictions at the moment as a community, it draws us nearer to um, home if if you have a home, and so the opportunities to to care and and look out for people are still uh, real. And even though they might be modified in the current environment, um, I know I've had notes in my letterbox offering a friendly phone call or a food delivery or anything that we might need. So seeing things like that, I I hope at the same time as everything feels very difficult and and fearful that people are drawing hope from, from our potential as a community. It seems like a terrible time and also uh, an extraordinary time of, of people digging deep, you know. You are listening to The Only Human Podcast. Only Human is a weekly program on social justice, disability rights, psychology, social research and mental wellness. You can listen in Brisbane on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM and set digital on DAB Plus radios. Love community media? You can support 4ZZZ by subscribing or making a donation at 4ZZZFM.org.au.